Trials and tribulations, life can get rough. And through the storm, we'll make it. Just put your trust in Him. No matter what you're going through, I know that I'll never leave you. You feel that you can't take no more. You may think you've seen it all. And welcome to the Get Happy with Jay podcast. Today's episode is a heavy one for me. The topics we will discuss in this show may be upsetting and even triggering for some of our listeners. But stay tuned. At the end of the show, I will give you some information on how you can seek help if you need to after listening to the show. As always, feel free to interact with us by commenting on the Get Happy with Jay Facebook page or visit our website, GetHappyWithJay.com. You can leave a comment there as well. I also want to encourage our listeners to be open to getting professional help to tackle issues that you find are upsetting or in any way negatively affecting your life. There is absolutely no shame in seeking help. The news this past week has been especially troubling and emotional to me. I watched with sadness as Bill Cosby was sentenced, and I shed tears during the testimony of Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, who I found believable and credible. Thank you for your courage, Dr. Ford. I also experienced anger in watching the belligerent and dismissive display of a nominee for the Supreme Court. We are addressing these topics today because, like me, I know many of you have watched the same proceedings this past week and have been left with a variety of emotions, regardless as to what your personal opinion happens to be. It's important to be able to navigate these difficult times with an open mind and to be able to process the daily news in a healthy way. We will get into these topics and more with our returning guests, respected attorney and longtime president of the local chapter of the NAACP, attorney Don Jackson, and visiting friend of the podcast, Karen Wilson. Before we begin, I have to say that as a person of color and a woman, I found myself to be very conflicted many times this week. So let's first off begin our discussion with the sentencing of Bill Cosby, starting with you, Don. Um, did you expect it to go down the way it did? Well, when they decided to um, retry him after the first trial that ended up in a uh, hung jury, mm-hmm. um, I thought uh, that they would probably uh, try him as many times as was necessary to try to get uh, get a guilty uh, verdict from, from a jury. Is that the normal outcome for... Because um, I believe I have heard that this was his first uh, convicted offense of any sort. Because I know some people were saying that with his age and it being a first time offense, so to speak, that, uh, that there would have been a more likely chance for him to get home confinement. So is this a sentence that is par for the course for that uh, alleged crime? Well, uh, first of all, I think it's a political decision more so than a, than a legal decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, someone made the point that um, Bill Cosby was the first person that was tried and convicted in the Me Too era. Yes. And yeah. uh, I think this has a lot to do with, with that. 
there was a possibility, given his his age, given his uh, uh, physical uh, limitations, uh, given the cost of, of incarcerating him, uh, that uh, there was generally a, a real chance that he should have gotten probation or home confinement, as, as mm-hmm. most people, as, as his lawyers argued for. Some people are arguing mm-hmm. that it's almost like a death sentence because he's 81 well, and so infirmed. Yeah, it is. I uh, agree with that. You know, <clears throat> when you, you think about it, he's got three to ten years, that means that he has to serve a minimum of three. Mm-hmm. See, but, I didn't know about that because I thought, I don't know what I was thinking. I When I heard three to ten, right. I thought maybe he would do half of three. But my husband also explained that, no, he has to do at least three and then go before the parole board. Right. Mm-hmm. And and uh, they could release him after three years. But, uh, no, he'll spend three years in jail. And uh, who knows, you know, what's, what's going to happen. I'm sure, uh, it, you know, it's a whole new lifestyle for him. There's no yeah, question sure. about it. Uh, and uh, so it just mm-hmm. depends on how. Uh, uh, now, he may end up spending time in a uh, prison hospital, given his infirmities. Mm-hmm. Yes, because they the said he's not he's, even able to, like, care for himself. Right. And, uh, you know, he's blind now. Uh, so uh, I'm sure that they will will accommodate him as much as he mm-hmm. uh, as they can but getting back to your original case no i think this was pre- purely a, a political thing i um, agree with that too the uh, apparently uh, like the state of california um, pennsylvania apparently doesn't have a uh, statute of limitations on sex crimes and uh, alleged sex crimes and uh, and so uh, what was surprising is that after, I don't know, 25 years uh, since it allegedly happened, 30 years, something well, like that? Well, this particular like case uh, was 2004 with this particular Andrea Constand. So that's 15 right. years ago. Yeah, that's 15 yeah. years. But, Don, mm-hmm. I really wanted to talk to you from the legal perspective because – there's been a lot of conflict and a lot of pain about this, especially in the black community. There's a lot of confusion, too, because since it's since he's been convicted of the about uh, Andrea Constant, people felt like it felt like double jeopardy because there was a case. And I, I think it was back in maybe 2010 where they settled out of court. So and that was like a civil matter, but it was concerning this alleged victim and she was given almost four million dollars. Right. And so can you um, explain so that people can understand why they were able to kind of retry this case um, criminally this time, whereas the first time it was civil and settled? And can you legally do that? Is it double jeopardy or not? No, it isn't double jeopardy. You can look at the O.J. Simpson case. You know, he was found innocent of the criminal charges against him, but mm-hmm. the the parents of the victim in that case turned around and sued him civilly mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and got a judgment against him. Mm-hmm. But in this case, uh, what would be surprising to me, when they made that settlement with her for $4 million, mm-hmm. that the settlement agreement didn't recite clearly that uh, this uh, that that settlement included all and any claims that she may have against him, including any criminal claims. Yes. And uh, so unless, without knowing exactly what was in the settlement agreement, 
I suspect that his lawyers are probably preparing um, uh, preparing a motion for a, an appeal in the case as to we vacate speak. It. Yeah, they're to planning yeah. lots of different appeals from right. different angles. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. I know at the at the time of the civil suit, prior to that, they had tried to go for him. Uh, criminally at the time, right. but prosecutors would not move forward because they said that there was not enough evidence because exactly. it was like he said, she said, and mm-hmm. I think that's part of the confusion. Like, why was it he said, she said in that particular case in 2010? And you and know, then like, but it seems like there's no new evidence, right? It's that, the same that popped up. Same evidence that they considered back when they settled the case. Mm-hmm. I mean. He disputed the allegations back in the settlement, although he did, in, in order to avoid uh, protracted litigation, agreed mm-hmm. to settle with her for the for the $4 million. Uh, Do you think that was a mistake in hindsight, settling? I, I, well, it was a mistake if his lawyers didn't include in that settlement Apparently. agreement a reference to uh, <laughs> criminal charges as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I think she waived her right. Uh, when she took the money. When she uh, took the money is yeah, correct. Absolutely. And, uh, but but I don't know what was in the settlement agreement, and yeah. so I'm, doing, I'm speculating at this point in time. But if there wasn't some reference to it in that settlement mm-hmm. agreement, it was certainly poor lawyering as far as I'm concerned. Well, for me, um, as every if anyone that knows me, you know that I'm an advocate for victims of sexual assault in one of the professional positions that I hold – So, you know, I pretty much always believe victims. And when it comes to Cosby, my my personal conflict comes in that some of the victims seem credible, some seem less credible. So I guess I feel personally that he is probably guilty of some of these victims, Mm -hmm. Uh, possibly not all. But this particular case bothered me because it just seemed that the evidence was not there for a conviction and it just seemed that he was targeted. Now, some of the stuff that I believe he did do, if he had been sentenced for that, I would be more at peace with it. I guess that's where my conflict comes in, that when we're taking it by this specific case, it doesn't seem that the evidence lines up. And I think that's why it bothered me um, had it been another case with some of the other women that, um, you know, seemed more credible or where there could have been possible evidence. I wouldn't have been as conflicted about it. So when I say I'm conflicted, it's about this case, not about what I feel his character is in general. Karen, what do you feel about that? I agree with you on that tip. Um, This particular case and, and this is what triggered them. I mean, his like complete fall from grace. Like they took everything, like rescinding his doctorate, uh, taking him, uh, his little uh, statue out of the Disney. I mean, like nobody's the whole, giving that money back. No, though. they sure are not. <laughs> but, um, you know, so this particular case, I feel was the trigger for, for the, um, the fall of the kingdom, if you will. Yes. And, um, and I just feel like it was, like I said, off the air, I said it was, a, I feel like it was a witch hunt. He was the poster boy for the Me Too, and they're making an example out of him. That that's that's where I because come from. the pain from the black community comes from the fact that you have all these white men of privilege mm-hmm. that have been accused, including forty five that sits yes. in the White House, yes. and it just seems like 
nothing ever happens to them. And yeah. I think people need to understand because, you know, a lot of people from other races and Caucasian people that, that see the comments coming from the black community. It's not that we're necessarily supporting Bill Cosby. No. We just want there to be some equity, equity. and justice. That's right. I'm That's not right. comparing what Bill Cosby allegedly did to someone else, even Brett Kavanaugh, who we'll talk about in a few moments. But it's like, I feel like I need to see everyone pay for it, not just one person be targeted. And I think that's part of the pain in the black community, uh, whether fair or right or not. It makes us feel like it's a racial issue. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Well, to some degree it is. However, having said all that, um, in many respects, especially from African-American males, you don't find much sympathy for Cosby because you may recall several years ago mm -hmm. how he uh, criticized and, and castigated, especially African-American males yes. uh, for mm -hmm. allegedly engaging in poor conduct and you and basically saying you should be more like the white boys that you uh, that you run with, you know. And uh, at that time, I lost a great deal of respect for Cosby. A lot of people did. A lot yeah, of people did. and and yeah. so under the circumstances, uh, you know, he was a, a great promoter of uh, the justice system uh, as it uh, dealt with us at the time. And, and now he's finding out that uh, hey, you you're still one of us. I don't care how I much money. I think that's a wake up call for a lot yeah. of people of color. Exactly. I don't care how much money and privilege you have yeah, at the end of the day. They still see you yes. as who you are. That's right. That is so right. So let's talk about the Me Too movement and how it clearly had an effect on this particular case and sentencing. Um, what do you both feel about the Me Too movement? Do you feel that it has merit? Do you feel that you tend to believe women every time? How do you go down on, on uh, the Me Too movement? Well, I don't believe uh, everybody that comes forward uh, in, in claims of sexual harassment. Uh, you know, Angie Dickinson was one who was at the Cosby most recent yeah. trial. And she was taking credit, although in my recollection, she didn't testify at all in the case, no, did she? she? Didn't. No, she didn't. But I thought in this latest case, they found that she had perjured herself or something. And it was Janice Dickinson, the former, Janice, yeah, this former yeah. supermodel. Right. I thought they said that she had perjured herself about her claims that she wasn't a substance abuser. And she was. And there was mm -hmm. evidence to that. Right. Exactly. Right. And uh, so when people like that who are. The kind of people that will gravitate to superstars, as Cosby once was, mm -hmm. in the hopes of uh, helping their career. And she was one of those. And, right. and some of those women will do anything yeah. uh, in order to uh, get into the limelight and uh, to seek help, uh, uh, allegedly, from superstars. So you have to, uh, you know, you have to factor all that in when you're considering whether somebody is credible or not right. credible mm -hmm. she was one that i found to be not credible correct, uh, correct. me too i have to i yeah. have to say I, she was, I was one of the ones that was not believable to for me. sure for sure and then also sometimes and and i don't want to um victim blame in any way shape or form but you have some females that are vindictive and they know that's the way to get you um, and I'm referencing the, um, I believe his name is Brian Blanks, that was um, a star football player, and somebody fingered him. 
He went to jail for almost 15 years and he didn't do anything. And she recanted. And well, that's uh, happened several times. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're getting ready. The, the reason I brought that one up is they're getting ready to make a movie or they have made a movie. It's coming out. Um, he, he was one of the interviews that came to yeah, Peoria on right. the Cleve Heidelberg case. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, he told his story right. and then he was a high school student right. at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. but you know, in, in, in terms of the, the movement itself, mm-hmm. yes, it is a real mm-hmm. uh, movement. Uh, women have historically, as have African Americans, uh, been preyed upon by the system and mm-hmm. by wealthy and powerful people. Mm-hmm. And uh, they use that uh, that power uh, to cru- to do some some really uh, egregious things to females. So, mm-hmm. do I believe the Me Too movement is real? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Do I believe that everybody that comes forward and says, you know, it happened to me, and uh, yeah, you got to uh, no. vet every case carefully yeah. because you've got to. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. You've well, got and to. I think one of my concerns with the Me Too movement, which um, I love the movement for what it's supposed to stand for, mm-hmm. but I think we also have to be careful because with the simple accusation that may or may not have any merit, may or may not be true, you can just absolutely destroy someone's life. And I think in a lot of these situations, that's happening. People are losing careers, their families are torn apart. And without any um, legal follow-up, you don't know if it's true. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think even I think in the justice system, we have to remember that it's supposed to be that you're innocent until proven guilty. And that gives me pause because in situations like that, who's going to be the biggest group of people that's affected negatively like that? Absolutely. Um, there's been a case, and I think this young man was... I think he was a college athlete. I don't even know if he was a football player, basketball player, but lots of potential. He was going to go pro. And luckily for him, either he or someone videotaped this exchange. There was this um, uh, young female that went after him and he, you know, rebuffed her. And she was irritated. She was irate and she went off and she was saying, you're black. You're the, you know, you're the N word. All I have to do is cry rape. And they're going to get you. I could ruin you. Mm. So and luckily it was on tape because Mm -hmm. I think she did file a report Mm. and they had that evidence. And I think she may have even been arrested for falsifying a report or something. So. But I mean, that kind of makes me cringe because Mm -hmm. it takes me back to pre-civil rights when Mm -hmm. African-American men couldn't even look at a white woman without being lynched. And Mm -hmm. speaking of going back in time, Don. And processing the Bill Cosby thing, comedian D.L. Hughley said something interesting. He said uh, that the majority of these uh, 60-some accusers say that their um, rapes occurred in the 50s and 60s. And he was saying that he, as a black man, finds it hard to believe that a white woman would not come forward at that time when black men were being literally lynched for less than that. Right. So what do you think about that? Because that's Uh, that's kind of before Karen in my time, mm -hmm. but you being able to look back at that time in the 50s and 60s, do you feel that it would have been, that it's harder to believe that a white woman wouldn't come forward against a black rape, uh, alleged rapist? Absolutely, absolutely. And I I think... uh, 
Uh, I even go back before that, 1908, uh, the Springfield riots were caused by just such an accusation. Mm, mm-hmm. a, uh, a white female had a lover, and, and uh, she got caught going into the house, and uh, she blamed an African-American for it. He was arrested without any evidence and jailed, uh, and the riots started. They had to uh, put him on a train and take him <laughs> to Bloomington to protect his life. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, subsequent to that, uh, uh, several African-American males were, were lynched in Springfield. And, of course, the entire African-American community there was wiped out uh, based on a lie. The other one is Emmett Till. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. uh, uh, you know, he gets accused by a white female of saying something or looking at her or something like that. And uh, it caused uh, him to lose his life. So, yes, I do believe mm-hmm. uh, it is unreal that if an African-American male had made accusations, said something inappropriate to a white female, she would have no problems coming forward. Uh, in fact, she would have no problems coming forward even if it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. If, uh, as the example you gave, was all she was, all she was doing was being vindictive. Uh, yeah. And she, unfortunately, the way the system is rigged against us, she would have been believed. That's why mm-hmm. I am one of those practicing attorneys that has a great deal of uh, reservations about the jury systems. Mm-hmm. African-American males, when they go on trial, yeah. they already have two strikes against yes. them. So their their burden is to prove themselves well, innocent. innocent. They're innocent. not presumed to be innocent. No. I have um, shared no. with you guys um, on another program that we work on at the radio station that my husband had a frightening experience when he was a juror a few years ago, it was an attempted murder case or might have even been a murder case. And uh, the particular person that the, this trial was about was a young man who was in the vehicle and it was they were unsure as to whether as to who the shooter was. I think there was like four people in the car and I believe someone was shot and killed. And um, Raymond said that they went through the process and when the jurors or what do you call it? debating or deliberating deliberating, <laughs> deliberating <laughs> yeah. that there was one man it was a white man who said we've got to convict this guy because he's guilty of something that literally came out of his mouth and my if it hadn't been for my husband speaking up and he said no you cannot look at him and convict him on his life which you think he may have done in some other case it the facts have to weigh out in this and everybody else on the jury was going to go for what this this guy said. Mm-hmm. They were going to convict this kid and send him to prison, and there was like no evidence that he was the shooter. That's and it incredible. was it was just it was frightening to my husband because he said, literally, this kid's life uh, laid in the balance, and there was this person that obviously had a, a bias going in, implicit bias. Knew he had yep. an implicit bias when. He was questioned as a juror and lied to the judge yeah. and and the attorneys. Yeah. And he said, "Oh, and he wanted to convict yeah. this young man." And the evidence just simply was not there. And uh, you know, thank God that my husband was able to kind of help one person. But imagine how many times that happens. And yeah. it has. It's many frightening. Times, yeah, mm-hmm. there's no question about it as far as I'm concerned. And unfortunately. You take a juror like that who lies to get in the panel yes, and then uh, lies about, you know, uh, considering the evidence, 
people like that need to be prosecuted because to me that makes a sham of our justice system absolutely yeah and i know i know i can recall in my in my uh, uh history as a lawyer and and uh um questioning jurors only one time in my 42 years has a white person stood up and said Yes, I still have some racial prejudice and bias, but I'm working on it, you know, (laughs) but I'm working on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, and she said, I try very hard to uh, to eliminate that in my life. I left her on the jury because I knew that she would be trying as hard as she can. And in fact, my client that's Mm -hmm. exactly right. Mm -hmm. My client was found innocent at the time. But what troubles me are these people who go in jurors and stand up and say, no, I have no problems with racial prejudice. If that was the case, this would be a perfect society. Absolutely. And it's absolutely. not. And uh, they just absolutely are lying through their teeth when they say that. I know on many occasions I've looked at clients who, of mine uh, who are on trial who happen to be African American and say, you know, what can I say? Some yeah. of these people are lying about the, yeah. the most important question you can probably see it in the looks of their face and their body language. Right. Body language says more than what words say. So, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, it's a it's a terrible system when it comes to us uh, because we have to prove ourselves innocent. Not there's no presumption that we are innocent when you go uh, before uh, an all white jury, and that's why there's a decision by the Supreme Court called Batson, and it says that uh, every defendant is entitled to a jury of his peers. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so incumbent upon a lawyers, especially in a place like Peoria and downstate Illinois, uh, to question the, the veneer when, when, and, and raise an objection to it when there are no African Americans in the veneer. The, the, you know, the judge ought to kick it out and, and start with a new uh, set of Well, jurors. and doesn't that go to um, they pick jury pool from voting, voting records, and people need to vote so that they can be in the in the pool. Hello, yes, and, and that which, but I don't know because but I even I when lived, you're in it, even when you're in it, because right. I lived in two different counties, and I'm a regular voter. I have a driver's license, and it took 38 years for me to become the first to to be picked as a juror for the first time two years ago. I have lived in this community since. Let me think. 1990 mm-hmm. I have been called one time and I have always been a registered voter had mm-hmm. a driver's license that I kept up to date with with my current address and all that I've been called one time and the, and the one time I was called was in I believe it was 1993 mm-hmm. well as we speak there are those who are addressing this problem to their credit Tim Evans who is the uh, Chief Judge of the Cook County uh, Court System and uh, Steve Corey, mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a district jo- a court judge uh, uh, here in Peoria County in, in uh, the 10th Judicial Circuit. And uh, to her credit, Jackie Petty and I took this, this issue before Corey when mm-hmm. he was Chief Judge of the 10th Judicial Circuit. Mm-hmm. And he found merit in our arguments. And, and they have been working on a committee um, throughout the state of chief judges to try to come up with a fair system that would include more African-Americans in the jury pool. One of the ways they're considering is to call people by zip code, yeah. which means yeah. that people in the 61605 would, awesome. would, be, uh, would be included in the uh, jury pool. But mm-hmm. uh, 
there is an effort as we speak uh, to address this problem because they realize it that uh, and they see it every day when they're picking jurors mm-hmm. you know when you get a whole panel of 25 or 30 people and all white people mm-hmm. how can that possibly be even yeah. in Peoria I too have only been called once mm-hmm. in in my 42 years in, in the Bar Association mm-hmm. as a lawyer in this community I've only been called once and I voted since I was mm-hmm. eligible to Me vote. Too. I, my, yes. You know, I'm so old I can't remember whether it was 18 or 21 back then. But <laughs> whatever it was, uh, I've been voting since then. And, well, and mine it's, was it's, 92. I was my first president was Clinton. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, that's around the time that I really started yeah. voting too. You know, one of the things I wanted to say about uh, destroying people's careers. One of those is the former senator from uh, Minnesota. The comedian, I can't oh. call his name right now. Uh, Franken. Franken. Yeah, Al, Franken. Yeah, Al Franken. Yeah, he went down. And I thought the allegations against him were spurious, quite yeah. frankly. First of all, you have a, a, a lady that's trying to become a star, and she's in a uh, a skit with, with Franken, and the skit calls for them to kiss at some point in time, and, and, and apparently she didn't like the time that he picked to practice the kiss, or she didn't think you needed to practice it. Well, that's one of the allegations of sexual harassment against him. Give me a break. You know, if you didn't want to, to kiss at the time, say I don't want to do that. You know, but Can we do something else? Let's yeah. leave that part out. Let's shake hands. Let's yeah. do anything but that. Pat him on the <laughs> back, the, whatever you need to do. You know, and I thought he was most one of the most effective He was. He was at, doing uh, things. He was doing stuff for yeah. us, and that's probably why he got kicked out. Well, He would f- have been a great candidate to run against uh, 45 in I 2020. Agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. He's got agree. the wit, and can you imagine him debating 45? Yeah. <laughs> There'd be no contest. No, he'd probably be have the dictionary out trying to figure out what he said. What he was saying, <laughs> yeah, no question about it. So... The Me Too th- uh, movement is good and bad, mm-hmm. and uh, as you say, a lot of good careers have been destroyed by spurious allegations and sometimes false a- allegations mm-hmm. against individuals, and they and they never do anything about it. You know, mm-hmm. the the lady that uh, took Franken down, she never took any action against him. Nope, it just came she up. She just came up, and boom, and, it went and, away, and, and said it, and then the the women in the United States Senate and and the uh, House of Representatives ganged together and got and got Franken out of there, but they've ne- never said anything about the president who publicly said admitted admitted that and he, he's on you know, tape yeah and <laughs> and they've never had that same mm-hmm. kind of uh, effort and I, I you know I I I, I really have, have have lost some respect for Sherry Bustos because she was in that bunch that went after Al Franken, but she's not done anything about the 45 in the office. So so there are some downsides to the Me Too movement, but should it exist? Absolutely. Um, Before we move on to the other big event for the week, I do want to emphasize that, and I know I have a lot of non-black people that listen to this podcast, and I hope that you have listened to what we've said with an open mind Mm -hmm. and understand that when it comes to issues like this, people of color are looking at situations through a different lens, through personal life experiences, um, through our history in this country. So we cannot, we're not in a position to necessarily look at a situation as you may look at a situation and see it. And once again, I want to say for me, I think, Bill Cosby's a scumbag. Even if he hadn't raped any of these women 
and just took them and they willingly took drugs and Spanish fly and had sex with them. He was a married man. He was living this double life as America's dad and he was doing this scumbag garbage. So, I mean, even without the sexual assault aspect of it, he's a scumbag. And adding that I do believe that he's raped a number of these women, just know that I'm not saying that he's innocent. My problem is with this particular case that he was convicted of. In case anybody wants to wants further clarification of my opinion. So we'll meet you after school. That's how we'll go with that. (laughs) (laughs) Now on to the other big story of the week, which was the hearing of Brett Kavanaugh and Dr. Christine Blasey Ford. How ironic that during a week that we saw Cosby let off in handcuffs and going to prison, Mm -hmm. while Kavanaugh faced only one of his multiple accusers, and unlike Cosby, who is actually paying for his crime, will more than likely still be confirmed next week to the highest court in the country, which will mean that another white man of privilege who himself has 20 accusers of sexual assault and harassment, the current president of the United States, will have control of all three branches of government unchecked. That's and if so that doesn't scary. scare you enough to go register to vote, yeah. I don't know what does. So what did you both honestly think of the hearings? Who did you believe? Well, in my case, there was no question Dr. Ford was the most uh, uh, compelling witness uh, uh, between the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought uh, Brett Kavanaugh was unhinged. Uh, I thought he was too political, and uh, and he engaged in what I consider to be a violation of the Me Too era when he looked at Senator Klobuchar from Minnesota and had the audacity to ask her whether or not she had ever blanked out from drinking uh, too much. His it, attitude was disgusting. It was disgusting. Mm-hmm. He would mm-hmm. never have asked a white male, Mm-mm. any of those senators, not at all. whether or not they had ever uh, drank too much. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, in the interest of full disclosure, he did later apologize, but he didn't intend to apologize. Mm-mm. Somebody tapped him on the shoulder mm-hmm. and said, you got to apologize yeah. for what you said to her. For sure. But, uh, it, you know, he, in my judgment, he was too uh, unhinged as far as I'm concerned. And he didn't I have composure her. at all. I do, I do not, not believe him. Not at all. And that crying oh, opening statement, yeah. one of my grandmothers, made, one of her many <laughs> wisdom pieces that she left with me was the guilty man always cries the loudest. That's something that she used to say all the time and that's immediately what came to my mind mm-hmm. and, I, and I even put that on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like save your crocodile tears. Yep. The guilty man always cries the loudest and I just thought What's done in the dark always comes to light. This is a crock. So Mm -hmm. yesterday there was a development in the case where one of the Republican senators found a spine, or at least part of a spine. Part of one. Senator Jeff Flake from Arizona, and Mm he um, kind of demanded, I don't know if you can say demanded, but requested that before he can officially vote next week, which will take place on Friday, that he said that there should be an FBI investigation which there's going to be. And again, Don, from the legal perspective, um, not being in the FBI, but being an attorney, do you think it's going to be possible for the FBI to conduct a full investigation? And, and mind you, 
we do not know what this investigation is going to entail. We don't know if they're only going to investigate uh, Dr. Christine Blasey Ford's account or if they're going to also um, go into the accounts of two other women that have openly come forward and an additional two or three that are anonymous accusers. So we don't even know how much depth this uh, investigation is going to have. But for me, a week doesn't seem like enough time. enough time. So Don, from a legal standpoint, is that even possible? Oh yeah, I think so. When you, uh, you know, look, they they will tap uh, uh, FBI agents from the communities where some of these things. First of all, where the accusers come from, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they will use all the force that they have to complete this investigation. In fact. Uh, you know, as late as 11 o'clock last night, I was still watching MSNBC, and uh, they had already been in contact uh, with many of the witnesses and set up appointments. And in fact, they wanted to interview them last night. Wow. Uh, and uh, regardless of what time it was. Wow. Yeah. And so, yeah, they have spread out over the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will be one of the, the things that uh, there was an FBI agent on there, former FBI agent. And he said one of the things they'll do is they'll offer Brett Kavanaugh uh, a polygraph exam. And uh, she has taken one. And, and, yes, and, uh, which makes her even more credible. Which makes mm-hmm. her even more credible. He has not asked for one. Hmm. And uh, he refused to agree to approach the president about, uh, uh, about having this investigation. It took Jeff, Jeff Flake who was joined eventually by uh, Lisa Markuski from uh, Alaska and uh, Susan Collins, Mm -hmm. uh, two females who are not on the Judicial Committee, but they're senators who are ultimately going to have to vote I'm sorry, but they should have been the first ones to speak out. I agree. Well, Well, look at all the women that protect 45, which makes no sense. Come on. And they may have, (laughs) when it came time for the full Senate to vote, Mm -hmm. uh, I always believe that Mikowski, for one, would stand up and say no, Mm -hmm. because she has been... Well. I don't know. Her if it, constituents if it went have to made the it vote without the FBI investigation. She would have, I believe, wholeheartedly. She and Susan Collins would have fallen in line at that point. And here's why I think just the opposite. And uh, both of them, uh, you know, these senators they hold on to these positions like they're, you know, like they're gold. They mm-hmm. don't want to be voted out. And I think the people of Alaska, especially, have made it very clear to her that if she voted for him, that. Uh, she might as well pack up the stuff in her office and move back to Alaska because they were not going to send her back to the Senate uh, the next time she came up for an election. And uh, so uh, if there is, my, my opinion is if there is any in- information that comes out that corroborates what Dr. Ford has to say, and quite frankly, I think this guy Judge is is one of the keys. I think he's the key. Yeah, I think he is the absolute key. Yeah, you know, I do too. To send a letter through his lawyer is means nothing. You know, uh, what uh, what he's going to have to do is face those agents, understanding that if you lie to me, you will be criminally charged. Mm-hmm. And I've been had clients sit in my office with two. Um, FBI agents in my office. I was going to ask about your personal experience about that. And do you find that people feel more compelled to tell the truth when they're in the hot seat? Absolutely. Especially with, uh, with the, uh, they are very skilled investigators. They're very skilled questioners. 
And uh, you have to think very carefully when they ask you a question because you don't want to get uh, in any way, you don't want to be uh, believed as a liar because of the potential penalties mm-hmm. for lying to the FBI. So this is a whole new ball game. Wow, and, uh, this is deep. I'm telling you, if it takes 100 agents to do it in a week, they will have 100 agents on this case. And uh, so I think that if they find any evidence to corroborate Dr. Ford, that uh, the the Senate's well, going to have a hard time sending this guy to Supreme yeah, Court. Yeah, I was going to say if if it comes back that all of her allegations are true, credible, that he that he won't either be confirmed or they'll just go ahead and rescind his nomination. Do well, you think that's may, on the he table? He may withdraw it. Quite okay. frankly, at that point yeah. in time, but. I think uh, Trump has been pretty much backed into a corner. The very fact that he unwillingly called for this FBI investigation when he made it clear he didn't want it, I think he's backed into enough of a corner that he may rescind it yeah. as well. Well, this is the wrong guy. There's no question about it. And, uh, and, and of course, he faces other jeopardy. If there's a determination that he has lied to the Senate uh, uh, Judicial Committee, he could face charges for that, you know. Oh, okay. He could he could be indicted for that. Kavanaugh Ooh, could be indicted for that. Some of the lies he has potentially told mm-hmm. are ones that were unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, who hasn't? Of course, there's plenty of people that that didn't drink in high school or college, but given who he was, the fact that he knew that he was known to to be a partier, why not at least admit, yeah, I drank, but I knew I didn't ever sexually assault anyone. I mean, he's trying to be a choir boy and not mm-hmm. even wanting to admit to ever being, yeah. you know, for lack of a better word, pissy drunk. Right. And yeah. I'm floored that he had his calendar from what? How many years ago? I, do you know how many papers I have? And I can't Who's find. Who's to say that's last even legit? Mail? No. <laughs> Who's to say that that's an even legit calendar? I know that's right. And I know for me, I kept a calendar of like stuff from back in high school but i didn't keep everything on there and mm-hmm. i certainly didn't put on there parties i had no business being at that mm-hmm. i snuck off to that sure. would, that to wouldn't have been on whatever. that, that wouldn't so, have been on my calendar yeah. so unbelievable it's yeah. incredible you know <laughs> you know and and i was listening to a program coming to the studio this morning and uh one of the uh, those female who was in support of doctor or uh, judge kavanaugh Uh, talked about how Dr. Ford had no corroboration for anything she said. And I'm sitting there thinking, I said, well, what corroboration did he come forward with with his denials? When was that ever corroborated? Yeah, only a few people said that they don't recollect, but they didn't say he didn't. He wasn't there. And and they have have used those I don't recollect as there was no such party, you know. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) twisted the, uh, the evidence, so to speak. But uh, he hasn't corroborated anything. He's denied everything, denied that there ever was a party. What's your corroboration for that? Judge certainly didn't do it. His lawyer wrote a letter and said, I don't have any recollection of it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean judge doesn't have any recollection of it. And, and we'll see what his recollection's about when he's facing two skilled investigators mm-hmm. from the FBI sitting in the same room with, with mm-hmm. him, looking him in the eye. Right. To see, well, maybe there was a party, and yeah, well, I don't remember all the details, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know. So we, as we wrap up, do you guys think any of this is going to make any difference to voters come November 6th? I absolutely do. I think so. I yeah, agree. I think I so. I think uh, there's got to be a change in Congress. There uh, definitely uh, does. Grassley 
and uh, Orrin Hatch and all those guys. That Old were there white were, men need to go. In, uh, with uh, <laughs> Anita Hill, uh, you know, it's back to the same thing. Women are mm-hmm. liars and men are telling the truth all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. You know, do you really want those kind of people still uh, deciding things for this country? One third of the branch of government uh, in this country? I don't think so. No. I think it's time for new thought there. Well, and then the... Um the millennials are coming up, you know, and I think I think they're finally. Starting I think they're to get waking woke. up. Yeah, they're getting woke, and then um, I think it was at Florida or something like that that you can, if you're 16 or 17, and I think we. Well, I know if you're 17 and going to be 18 by the time of the election, you can, you can, you can vote, vote yeah. here in yeah. Illinois. And I think awesome. Florida has yeah. the same thing. So well, they're in, keep, getting, in keeping with the theme of this program, the. Mm-hmm. What's really exciting is the number of women that are now running for office, both mm. yes. uh, in local government races, state races. Stacey and, and Abrams also, in Georgia. Yeah, yeah and, mm-hmm. uh, and also at the national level. So right. that, that's encouraging as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's hope. Yes. So one thing as we wrap up, one thing I hope that all of you listeners realize in this last week is that voting matters. Who we elect matters. The ways that victims of sexual abuse have been dismissed and derided this past week by mostly one particular political party has been disgusting and frightening. Please vote. In the state of Illinois where I reside, and Karen, you can um, correct me if any of this information is wrong, you or Don, but in Illinois, you can register to vote for the upcoming midterm elections until October 9th. And one thing that Illinois gets right is voting. You can request a mail-in ballot, never having to even leave your home to cast your vote. Mm-hmm. And in case you do not get registered by that deadline that I mentioned, you can still register and vote on the same day, whether on Election Day or for early voting. Early voting, by the way, is going on now through October 18th. That's right. In this state, you don't even have to wait. Also, in the state of Illinois, you can vote even if you have ever been a convicted felon. Amen. This isn't true in all states. So no matter where you live, please know your rights. Amen. Also on this show, we have dealt with the difficult topic of sexual abuse. If you are in need of some counseling, Please reach out for help. Free counseling is available just about everywhere in the country. To find a sexual assault counseling service near you, please visit RAIN.org. And RAIN is R-A-I-N-N. If you reside in Illinois, you may also visit the site ICASA.org. That's I-C-A-S-A.org, which stands for Illinois Coalition Against Sexual Assault. If you're in the central Illinois area, you can reach out specifically to the Center for Prevention of Abuse, which provides free counseling for sexual abuse and domestic violence victims. You may call locally 309-691-0551. It doesn't matter if your abuse occurred as a child or as an adult. You can still get help. For everyone else, the National Sexual Abuse Hotline is 1-800-656-4673. There is help 24 hours a day, and you will be directed to resources near you, and all this information will also be provided in um, the description area of the podcast, in case you didn't write that down. Thanks again for listening to this podcast, and thanks to our wonderful guests. Don, it's been a pleasure having an attorney to be able to speak on these issues from a legal standpoint, so please uh, know that uh, your legal expert 
expertise is appreciated. And Karen, you always are a valuable asset to the show. So Thanks thank for you. Having me. That's awesome. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. We'll mm-hmm. definitely have you guys on again in the future. So you can reach us for comment and join the discussion. Get Happy With Jay Facebook page or the website GetHappyWithJay.com. It's been a heavy week, so it's more important than ever that you do something to make yourself happy. It's not selfish. It's self-care. Until next time, take care of yourself. 